0: with you, Susan Rosen.
1: Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, and my guest today is Tina Baxter, and Tina is a nurse, advanced practice registered nurse, among other things, board certified ones, and she is so multidisciplined that I'm going to let her go through all the different things that she's involved in and the businesses that she started and running. And I mean, I, it's just absolutely impressive. So Tina, let let us know a little bit more about you.
2: Well, thank you for having me, first of all, and I want to say um, I'm very glad to be here today. Uh, yes, I'm a nurse practitioner, an advanced practice nurse, I'm board certified in gerontology, so I'm a gerontological nurse practitioner, and uh, I have a specialty in older adults and a subspecialty in geropsychiatry. Um, so I still practice clinically four days a week um, for... Uh, federally qualified uh, community health center. And then in my other life, (laughs) I am the owner of Baxter Professional Services, where I provide legal nurse consulting services to attorneys to help them win their cases and make sense of the mess of the medical records. Um, I'm also the founder of the Nurse Shark Academy, helping nurses build and launch their own businesses because we're experts in nursing and experts in business.
1: I love it. I love it. I love that you're just kind of putting your things out to lots of different areas that are all related right yes I, my
2: my philosophy is that everything you do should have a flow to it so my whole goal is to help people and for people to have been you know better off for having met me and if that's helping an attorney win a case or discussing uh, medications with a patient or mm-hmm. helping a nurse launch her business or just answering a simple question, as long as everything flows together and it's part of that rhythm of life, that music of life, as we like to say, then I think uh-huh. it's worth it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that way of looking at, at everything. So everything is all... Um, Vocabulary is not my strong point today. Um, harmonious, <laughs> it's all, it's, yeah, not just harmonious, but linked. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, and it's not just in your field; it's 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 in every field. How you can you can get um, certain strengths and skills, and you can do them in five different places and use it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, which. You know, a lot of people think that they're just pigeonholed in one place.
2: That's one of the unique things about nursing is that you don't have to be pigeonholed in one place. Uh, There's so many specialties and subspecialties that you can get into. I mean, you've got nurses that work in neuro, so they're dealing with stuff with the brain. You've got nurses that are strictly pediatrics, and then you can use subspecialties to be just an, um, a NICU nurse, like working with the most vulnerable of the pediatric patients, you know, the the oh, wow. the really um, young babies that are even, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not developed oh, fully. And so yeah. there's so many ways that you can take a nursing career. That's what I love about the variety and the spice of being in a nurse because you can do so many different things.
1: Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. and And even though my audience probably is not A lot of youngsters um, looking for a profession um, or younger people, younger than us. I think even for their parents and grandparents listening that that's that's a a real revelation.
2: I've seen a lot of nurses um, as they've gotten older shift Mm -hmm. in their career. And so maybe you started out as a bedside nurse or med surge, but now you're working in a specialty clinic or maybe you're okay. um, teaching. And so there's so many different ways that you can take what you have and to turn mm-hmm. it into something new. And it's not just to, to like let those skills go to the wayside. Um, some nurses are doing things like working with essential oils and helping pets, (laughs) you know, I mean, there's just so Uh many different things that you can use those skills. And so my philosophy is, you know, your career, your uh, profession grows with you as you um, grow and get older, you shift and change and Mm
0: -hmm. you
2: impact, you know, we have a saying in nursing that, you know, once a nurse, always a nurse. And you'll take it to the grave. (laughs) And I've seen it in the nursing home where (laughs) nurses that are now residents are telling the young nurses what they're, what they should and should not be doing. And they're often right. (laughs) So you never forget it. They may forget their name, but doggone it. They remember that they were a nurse.
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's so, that's so, I shouldn't say funny. That's so impressive. You know? Wow. Huh? So, Let's shift a little bit to um to talking about some of these areas that you're particularly specializing in having to do with over fifty more that actually gerontology is even older than that, right?
2: Yes. Thankfully, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: now now. Don't <laughs> some of us are already there, so you know. <laughs>
2: Not quite there yet. <laughs>
1: Well, I am.
2: <laughs> I think it's they still they still now. have sixty
1: five, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: right. Go you ahead. know, here's the interesting thing: because people are living mm. longer, you have mm-hmm. different age groups in that bracket of what we consider older uh, adults. Okay. So you have like okay. the young old. Then you have the old and then you have what we call the old, old. So if you hit, um, I say 85 and up, you make it to old, old, (laughs) and that's a good thing. Right. And and what I always tell, tell my patients and my clients is that, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, as long as you continue to live and try to live your best life. Yes, I just saw an article of a lady that got her bachelor's degrees at 90 years old. I think that's awesome
1: oh i know i think that's awesome she had a goal she
2: wanted to finish her degree and she did it Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah
1: oh no i think that's wonderful i think that's wonderful and the the other part of that is that that's what keeps your brain young and working you use it yes
2: what i see are the people now you know i'm from the midwest so we are a very Mm -hmm. big industrial belt community right where we used Mm -hmm. to have all the factories gms fords etc and what Mm -hmm. i've observed is that those persons that worked all their lives in the factory they get out they get forced to retire they retire and then within a couple years they're gone and that's because they didn't have something to me and not in all cases but they didn't have something to keep them going Mm-hmm. And so I always say retire from your job, but not from life, right? right? Yeah. Um, so find something to have meaning in your life. I had a, a, a resident, she was a, a school teacher, retired music teacher. And we were talking and trying to find something for her to do that would give her some meaning. And so she began to play the piano at the nursing home because that uh-huh. gave her a chance to connect with others. We had another lady that had a beautiful voice. And so every day she would sing opera in the wow. nursing home. Wow. It, found, it gave her a chance to give back and mm-hmm. find something for her to do. Um, so I, I'm a big proponent in whatever stage of life you're in, mm-hmm. find meaning in that stage. Uh, And maybe you do have some functional limitations. You can't get out and get around as much as you can, but what can you do? I had one lady that she knitted uh, little mittens and um, Uh head beanies for babies Uh Uh uh, for the nursery at the hospital. So uh, whatever skill you may have, uh, it may not seem big. It may not seem much, but I bet to someone that's valuable.
1: Well, and the other part of that is two of those things that you were mentioning, one having to do with music
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the other having to do with knitting, both of those things are so good for your brain and yes. keeping your your brain going. You know, there's so many studies out there about how important music. And I know my mother, um, who was a big knitter, you know, in fact, she made this. Oh, wow. Right. And, and, you know, Afghans and my, I can't tell you how much I have around here <laughs> that she made. <laughs> she lived to be 94 and it wasn't until she was like about 92 that she, that she started having some brain mm-hmm. issues. Um, and and I put that up to some other things going on, but, but anyways, I, I, totally she she used to play mahjong and she and she knitted
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know boy you know her brain was just boom like that until probably probably when she hit 90 91
2: my grandmother lived to be 102
1: uh-huh.
2: and up until like a couple of years uh, before she died she was at home uh-huh. living with my uncle mm-hmm. and she loved baseball. <laughs> that was her thing. My
1: mother did too.
2: Um, she had chickens for as long as I could remember up until the latter part of her life. She's still mm-hmm. until she got, you know, too uh, weak to do so, but she would still put her wash out on the line mm-hmm. to dry. Cause she, mm-hmm. she had, she had a dryer. She just didn't like it. <laughs> she only used it in the wintertime when she had to. And, uh-huh. and so she did all these things. And I just remember uh, we had her 100th birthday party. Oh, wow. And we had a big family reunion for it. And she uh-huh. was still very active and going to her church circle. She never drove. So my uncle took her where she wanted to go. Um, uh-huh. but it was just wonderful to see, you know, her, her life. And then when she moved into the assisted living, um, from what I understand is that she sort of gained another life because she had people her own age that she could talk to.
1: <laughs> I love it.
2: And, yeah. and so she enjoyed a latter part of her life. And, and so I, I, I think of that because mm-hmm. sometimes, um, we think that if we have to move into a facility or we need some help that it's the end of things but it doesn't have to be. There's a lady that I take care of. and She's a church uh, member and she's in the nursing home and she actually flourished more in the nursing home than she did when she lived out in the community because she's always on the go. Every outing that they have, she's made friends uh-huh. with so many of the families that uh-huh. they just take her yeah. to places and and she's always yeah. doing something. And she's found a life for her where she knows that she's safe. They take good care of her. And um, she's got a freedom that she didn't have before. So I, I'm very glad mm-hmm. for that.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a, and it isn't that this isn't necessarily true in some cases, but I think it there's a misunderstanding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and a lot of people think that, oh, if I have to go into an assisted living then, you know, life is going to be over for me and I'm not going to be doing anything. And these places have so many programs now. And like you say, field trips and, and other people who have the same kind of experiences. And when they have stayed, so many of these people, when they stay home, their friends die off, you know, their relatives, their family, whatever, have moved other places and they're very isolated. Yes.
2: I it, it was it made me think one of my buildings, they took the residents white water rafting. <laughs>
1: oh my god. So there's pictures
2: it. of them doing that. And so I'm gonna say if you have to choose a facility Look Mm -hmm. at the facility, the amenities that they offer. Visit, you know, maybe stay a couple days just to try to try it Uh out. Uh, Uh But look Uh and see what kind of activities they offer. Um, And I'm going to say choose one that has a happy hour. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, A lot of my uh, buildings will have a happy hour. They'll bring in music. They have entertainment. Uh Um, One of these uh, facilities, they have their own movie theater. Wow. I mean How so neat. there's there's the gamut of of things and I know uh, there's several people that are navigators and advocates that can help you find the facility
1: that's right for you ah, or your loved one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a good that's a good thing to know. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there a is there a group, you know, like an association or something that they belong to that that people can go to to find an advocate? In their area,
2: there are some some uh, websites that you can go to. Um, like um, a Place for Mom is one of them, and uh-huh. you can and they have places all over the United States, and they'll help you find a place that will fit your budget, uh, that uh-huh. will find the amenities that you want. Um, I've had so many people that they move into a community where maybe they're living independently in a condo so that they don't have, you know, they're not in a facility, but they're in a senior living condo community that is Uh next to an assisted living. It's owned by the assisted Uh living so that if they need to transition to the assisted living, maybe they've had a surgery or something and they need to recover, they can go there for, for a few weeks, get rehab, Uh recover, then move back to their condo. Um, If they, to a place where they can't live alone they can seamlessly Mm -hmm. move into the condo um from the condo to the assisted living and then if they ever were to need skilled care a lot of them also have a placement for skilled care if they need that level of care later on in life i've had several that have done well and stayed in assisted living and were on the go i had one lady she was from new york living here in indiana and she ended up uh going back and forth to visit family in New York and they would come get her and fly her out there you know they she oh, was on the go
1: yeah no i love that i love that yeah it's um i think a lot of people also don't realize that you really don't have to have a lot of money
2: not no not always to do that yeah you you can find some places that have medicare uh, and medicaid waivers yeah. And the mm-hmm. Medicaid waivers can help you find an assisted living. And again, uh, you know, it depends on what level of need that you have. Uh, right. So some right. assisted livings are just basically you get a little apartment, uh, but you care for everything. You fix your own meals to assisted livings mm-hmm. where there's amenities and they provide everything for you. Mm-hmm. Um so I've saved the gamut. In fact, there's one here locally that they offer short-term leases for people who don't want huh. to stay at home during the winter because they're concerned uh-huh. about having to take care of the home and everything. So right. they'll stay during the wintertime in the assisted living and move back out to their house in the summer. So it just depends on what you want.
1: Wow. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. There's a larger and larger number of people. And so they've got a big market.
2: Well, you think about it, the baby boomers have, are getting older. Um, and, their niece, and they're used to having an amenities that, you know, maybe yes. the older generations didn't worry about, right? Because that, those older yeah. generations came out of the depression and everything. So, they're you know, and, but this generation is a lot different. And they're used uh-huh. to having the golf course next door, and yeah, they're used to having yeah. their their own um, bowling alley and all those different things. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I and I think they're in better health yes. for their age. Yes. And so they already do a lot of activities, mm-hmm. and they probably don't want to give them up.
2: No. And and why should you?
1: I agree. I agree. I agree totally. Yeah, because I know a lot of them. They'll go on trips and.
2: Yeah, I have a friend, she's a travel agent, and she specializes in trips for uh, people that have oh, to travel it. alone. And so she'll uh-huh. have these travel parties and you'll get to meet people, particularly women that still want to travel, but maybe okay. they've lost a spouse and so they don't have anyone to go with. And so she uh-huh. makes up those trips for them. And she's a travel agent. And they have wonderful trips and they become travel uh-huh. buddies and they'll go all over the world.
1: Oh, how neat. How neat. Wow. Huh. Okay. Something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's see. We, um, so we talked a little bit about, about, you know, people getting older and the the opportunities that people have now that, that their own parents probably never had. Um, and, um, you also, your, your company also does, and I'm sure you as well do a lot of, um, wellness coaching, disease coaching, and and things like that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that's probably not an area that a lot of people even realize exists.
2: Well, I I know that there's a lot of wonderful wellness coaches out there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've met several of them. I want to help you lose weight. I want you to, you know, Mm. get healthy and all this, but I, thought about what about the people where the horse has left the barn, right? Yeah. You already have diabetes, you have high blood pressure, you may have had a stroke, you you know, you yeah. may have arthritis. What about making your life the best that mm-hmm. you can live? And so yeah. I taught a chronic uh, disease management course um, through a local um, community organization here in Anderson. And out of teaching that course to a group of seniors um, through the churches, you know, it really emphasized to me that what we don't know how to do is to manage the life that we have right now. And I'm like, so how can I help you do that? So we talk about, okay, if you have diabetes, let's look at some simple ways that you can make changes that will further and better your health. Is there something that we can do? For example, I had a lady that was complaining that she didn't have the energy to do her housework and get the things done. Mm -hmm. I said, so why don't we break it up into chunks instead of trying to do everything all at once, because that's what you were used to doing, right? We're used to going, okay, I'm going to be doing the laundry. I'm going to do all the laundry, get a folded, get it put away. We're used to doing that. I said, but you have to work smarter because you have debilitating arthritis, And so you can't do this for a two or three hour stretch. It will wear you out. So let's yeah. block it and and do this. So let's do the chunk. Let's get all the laundry that you want done for that day. Gather that up, put it next to the washer. Mm-hmm. Sit down, have a cup of tea mm-hmm. and rest in a minute, a little bit. Then we're going to get up, we're going to put it in the washer. Then we're going to sit down and watch your favorite television program for for a half hour. Then we're going to get up, put that from the washer to the dryer. And we're going to break it up so that you're not exhausting yourself. That was a revelation for her. Because we're so used to doing things the same way we've always done them. And I don't know about you, but I just can't hop up out of bed like I used to. It takes a minute or two.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so I, I tell let's let's break it up into bite-sized chunks so that you're not derailing your entire day or worse, getting so tired and worn out, you have to spend a week in bed recovering from doing your laundry. Yes. And so let's rethink that so that also you're not shaming yourself because you can't do what you are used to yes. do. Yes. And so we look for creative ways for you to get what you need done and, and how to conserve your energy, particularly someone with COPD. You know, uh, yeah. very hard to breathe. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to be able to stand at the stove and cook a meal if you're on oxygen and, you know, you can't walk across the room without getting out of breath. So how can we simplify things for you Mm -hmm. and maybe get the meals prepped in advance so that all you have to do is pop it in the oven? And so we talk about practical things like that. Mm
1: -hmm. The Mm -hmm. other thing
2: that I do is I help people uh, manage their stress. Now, I don't know about uh, you, but 2022 is particularly stressful for me. And I can imagine it was for a lot of us coming out of the pandemic, adding on all the other stuff that's going on in the world, wars and all this. And so how do we manage that stress so that it's not affecting us mentally or physically? Mm-hmm. And so what I teach people is to how to understand uh, the connection between the mind and the body. So how do we self-regulate our emotion? It's okay to feel those emotions and understand them, but we need to understand where they're coming from and why they're there. A lot of times with anxiety, we don't know where the anxiety is coming from. We don't know, but maybe we can drill down and figure out, okay, are you anxious about the fact that you recognize that maybe you aren't able to do as much as you used to? Are you anxious because you have a big trip coming up and you're worried about traveling alone? Are, you know, are you worried about the bills that you have to pay? So let's look at some concrete solutions to help Mm -hmm. you manage that stress. And so we go through some exercises so that you can recognize how your body's responding to that tension. We'll work through some body work. And we can do a lot of this remotely, by the way, you don't have to physically be here. We can do it online as well. And Mm -hmm. so I work through that and I work with all ages on, on the stress management. So uh, my youngest was an elementary school um, student who uh-huh. had a lot of anxiety going to school. And so we kind of worked through that and uh-huh. for him to understand, okay, when you're feeling anxious, where does it hurt in your body? Where do you feel that tension and uh-huh. start to recognize, Oh, I'm feeling anxious. And this is, I'm anxious because, and how do we cope with that? And how do we come with a strategy? So when that uh-huh. happens again, you'll know what to do. And then yeah. um, I introduced some relaxation techniques, some mindfulness work and things that we can work on
1: together. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and that, in particular, that is uh, applicable to any age. Yes, totally. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the one of the downsides of COVID or that that COVID era era, I'll mm-hmm. call it, um, is just that people have just become way more anxious,
2: more anxious, and, and I would say more. Insular. We're more into our yeah. into our own little bubble. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is we got quarantined, everybody stayed at home, and so the world outside became a dangerous place. Yeah. And now you're and particularly with the patients that I work with who have agoraphobia, now you're asking mm-hmm. me to reemerge and go out into, into that dangerous place because that's what we <laughs> labeled the world as uh-huh. dangerous. <clears throat> so how right. do we come back from that? How do we change our mindset around mm-hmm. that and recognize that, yes, there may be some elements of danger out there. I mean, crime. Yeah. Um, you still have to worry about the flu. It's flu season. Oh Flu's my God, taking yeah. people out. Um, RSV oh, yeah. is, is high right now among kids and elders. So,
1: uh-huh.
2: you know, yeah. making those decisions to be safe, but not live in fear. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. something that we have to really... Uh, negotiate and Mm -hmm. change how we approach things and recognize Mm -hmm. that there's dangers out there, but I don't have to live in fear.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there, excuse me. And there are things, very easy things, although I know they're very controversial, you know, like wearing a mask. Yes. When you go to a crowded supermarket, you know, and if you're, if you're older, you know, probably 60 or older or 65 or older you know, maybe that's the best thing for you to do.
2: Yes. It's not I that mean, difficult. And think about this. And it's not, ju- again, not just for COVID, but there's also uh, the, oh, flu the flu and other illnesses that are yes. out there. Yes. And I think we would all be healthier if we recognized that maybe using the mask might help us with things like pollution and other things too. Also particularly true, if thank you, you have uh, breathing problems, breathing disorders. Yeah, right. Um a, a week or so ago i happened to be going into the gas station and getting ready to leave for the holidays and everything and i just went to pick up a newspaper and a couple of items and i'm mm-hmm. in there and just before i get up to the counter the cashier starts coughing and i'm not talking about a little <clears throat> no 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 this no, is a have, deep phlegmy right? cough call. Yeah, like yeah. four times before I get up there, she wasn't coughing when I came in, but I observed one: she did not have a, a mask on, and two: she was coughing into her hands. And I'm like, <gasps> I don't know what you have, you know? I, I was like, I don't. I should have brought my mask, but I don't want you touching my items because I don't know yeah. what you have. I mean, you could have the flu, and that's been, that's been particularly devastating. The flu. I mean, I've had people yes. who've gotten the flu and have been in bed for two weeks.
1: Yes. And yes. I'm like,
2: I can't afford to have the flu. I've got too much to do, <laughs> yeah. let alone anything yeah. else. But it's yeah. just, I'm like, why are you at work? And I think we've shifted away from this. If you feel, if you have any symptoms, stay home to now employers mm-hmm. are saying, again, yeah, we don't care to show up to work. And so we're going yeah. back yeah. the other yeah. way. And I think that that could be to our detriment, particularly during this season. We oh, saying, absolutely. I don't know if... We, your people know, but a lot of the hospitals are now full again. Oh, and yeah, no, no, we have,
1: yes, yes, here as well, here as well, absolutely, and so much of it, I mean, if you stop and think about it, it makes sense that people are getting the flu much more so, yes, than they had been, because we all were wearing masks for a couple of years, and so our immunity has gone down, mm-hmm. And not everybody goes and gets their flu vaccine. We mm-hmm. did. But, you know, it doesn't yep. mean a lot of other people did. Yep. And and so consequently, and, and they're walking around without their masks, and you only need one person. Yes. It doesn't, you don't need a whole group of people in order to catch the flu. And people aren't um, washing
2: their hands like they should. So we're going to put a big you. plug out there. Wash that your too. hands. That's yes, the most yes, important
1: thing do. Yes, we have hand sanitizer and everything, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I, I carry it everywhere. And, <laughs> yeah, there was. We went to a bookstore the other night, and there weren't many people in there. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I don't need to wear my mask. I took it with me because you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and some little kid had this big hacking cough, you know, mm-hmm. and I went, ah, oh, time to put my mask on. Okie dokie, because you can tell when somebody's covering their mouth or not when they're coughing, and little kids right. don't know how to do that anyway. No, no. But um, but he or she I don't even know what it was because it was couldn't see. Um, mm-hmm. and they and kept kept doing it. It wasn't just like one time. And I'm right. like, okay, number one, I'm moving out of out of this area mm-hmm. and I'm putting my mask on. You know, I'm not gonna deal with that at all if I can help it. So. These are
2: just common sense measures.
1: Thank I you. I don't
2: know why it was so politicized. I mean, I do know why, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean that. I think yeah. we need to take a step back and think yes. that maybe this is something we should do every year during cold and flu season. Mask yeah. up, no problem. Yes. I, I yes. don't. I have asthma, so I don't mind being inconvenienced uh, for a little while. Go. Right? Yeah. I would prefer right. everyone to stay safe. That's my philosophy. Um Again, uh-huh. I'm not going to cast aspersions to anyone. Do you? Um, but don't Mm -hmm. be offended if I put my mask on, particularly if you're coffee, I'm going to do that because I also know that I work with the public and I'm very public facing and I don't Mm -hmm. want to spread anything.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's, um, yeah, I'm, if you don't, like you say, if you don't, somebody else doesn't want to do it, that's not my issue, you know? Um, but don't, cast aspersions on me because i do put one on that that to me is kind of over the line you know if you have a right to not wear one i have a right to wear one exactly but
2: personal choice
1: now yeah yeah exactly exactly that's what we've all been fighting for right on every side Mm -hmm. of the of the uh yes (laughs) of the political spectrum as they Mm say so um yeah it's um It's amazing to me how much life and the world and not just us, you know, not just the U.S. has changed as a result of COVID. Yes. Um, It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing because we've had pandemics before. This is not the first one that's hit the world. Um, But this one, for some reason, um, just seems to have made everybody get crazy.
2: I think one of the reasons is because we were so complacent. Uh, um. When you look at the pandemics that we've had mm-hmm. in the past,
1: mm-hmm.
2: people pretty much knew that there wasn't much they could do
0: other mm-hmm. than take the safety mm-hmm.
2: precautions. You know, when you had the plague, you had to get away from the person at the plague. That was pretty much all you could do. And unfortunately, no. you left them to die because you didn't have the, the science That's to right. help them. But now we have thought, okay, we've eradicated smallpox, and we've eradicated polio, and we've eradicated all these things, so that we're complacent to something that Mm -hmm. we can't see, uh, that's transmissible through the air, right? Mm -hmm. And people just, you know... I think we just weren't ready my in our mindset to have to deal with something mm-hmm. like this, because it was almost like mm-hmm. how dare nature come up yeah. with this <laughs> and inconvenience us when I'd rather be, you know, at my yeah. favorite coffee shop, sipping my latte. And now you're telling me it's yeah. closed because I can't be in there in social distance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Everyone was, re- everyone was used to the flu coming through once a year. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Yes. But and and even then, I don't think anyone ever thought about how dangerous the flu is. Yes. Because every year there were people dying from it. Right. And and people ending up in the hospital. Um, And
2: And I think because we've all most of us have experienced a 24 hour flu. Right? right. It came and that comes and goes. We get better. Mm-hmm. Yes, we feel like crap for a while. Pardon me. But, you know, we feel better. Yeah. And then uh-huh. it it, yeah. it seems like we were kind of expecting that with COVID. And when it uh, wasn't like that, point. we didn't know what to do. I remember mm-hmm. when we first closed down as an mm-hmm. agency, it was like, oh, we'll just close for a week and we'll probably open yeah. up again next week. And that didn't happen. Yeah. And then it was like, OK, so now we're closed um, so we're just going to have people who we'll come to the office, but have everybody come in remotely. You know, all the patients be right. seen remotely, unless you uh-huh. have to absolutely see them in person. To okay, we're sending everybody home and everybody's going to work remotely. And yeah. we did that for over a year. Mm-hmm. And then slowly people started coming back to the office. And it was, it was amazing. Now, I work in psychiatry, so we were fortunate uh-huh. in that. We were able to work remotely and see our patients yeah. and keep people out of the hospital psychiatrically for the most part yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> um, and be there yeah. for our patients. Now, uh, for those other a- uh, agencies in med Surge and medical, you know, it was difficult for them to be there on the front lines. But what we saw yeah. was initially um, everybody was pro-healthcare workers and you're all great and yes. all this. just yes, yes. Now, as it's gone on, we're horrible again. <laughs> and, um, so you're, it's sort of like we had a second wave that happened yes, to us yes. in psychiatry because now we've had people that stayed out of the hospital, but they know people that died. They've been uh, isolated. So they're more depressed, uh, they're more anxious. Uh, mm. they're more fearful. Uh, sometimes they didn't take care of their mental illness. So they were afraid to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. They didn't take care of their mm-hmm. physical health. I mean, I had mm-hmm. one patient that died of a very curable disease simply because he's afraid to go to the hospital. And mm-hmm. add on top of that the wave of uh, burnout, depression, anxiety that comes from healthcare workers yes. from having to yes. be there. Yes. And yes. So it's sort of yes. like we had a double wave hit us in, in the yes. um, mental health field. And mm-hmm. then you have to worry about your colleague that's next to you as yeah. well, because you're dealing with all the stuff that people are dumping on you, and how do you maintain your sense of well-being? Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was—it's it, a very yeah. interesting time to be in the middle of all that, and then adding all the yeah. other things that happened uh, in the last couple of years, and yeah. you know, it, it is a lot. But I want to say, I'm—I am so impressed by the resiliency in people and the ability mm. to bounce mm. back. And Mm. everybody for a while kept saying, we can't wait till we get back to normal. We can't wait till we get back to normal. And then the realization that, okay, we have to reset and this is a new normal.
1: That's right. And maybe
2: we can't do things like we used to, but maybe we can be better going forward.
1: Yes. And
2: and so I I like that idea of, you know, maybe we had to make a change. This forced us to make a change, but
1: Mm -hmm. maybe it was a change
2: for the better. And it's all how we Mm. frame it.
1: No, I agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think well, we all know how much human beings like to change. Yeah. Like like none, right? Um, I mean none. zero. Maybe a negative number. Um and and this really this really made everybody really change. Um and the other thing that I think is kinda interesting is that people here, you know, have just been for years complaining about all of this and it's like all they had to do was look at china and say we had it so much more so much easier right Mm -hmm. i mean china they literally locked down until about what three weeks ago or four weeks ago or something and no vaccines and um you know i mean i i think i think we had it a lot a lot better than a lot of other places
2: i think so too but what I noticed and observed coming out of this is that it mm-hmm. allowed us the opportunity to really uh focus on what was a priority. Yes. Family, our health. Yes. Our our mental our health community. Our community
1: yes, our communities, as communities. opposed yeah. to
2: uh um, the other things out there. So people had a shift in priorities and that's I think part of why you see that what they call the great resignation. Yes. People yes. realizing I don't have to be somewhere where I'm not happy. I can look for what will make me happy in my life. And mm-hmm. I think that as a society, that may be actually a good thing. Um, yeah. Why stay in a career that's making you completely miserable? Mm-hmm. Why stay in a company that's making you completely miserable? Yeah. Is, there, is it they're more out of life? And it's answering and asking yeah. those questions that I think uh, will uh-huh. ultimately make us a better society.
1: I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So that that sounds like a good place for us to kind of wrap up here. Um otherwise I think you and I could probably talk for at least another half an hour. <laughs>
2: well, as long as you don't talk about Marvel movies or things like that, uh, we yeah, no, go. Sorry, don't know. We start on that no. topic, we'll be here forever.
1: <laughs> I I always I used to collect Marvel comics, but I never got into the movies. Too old for that, I think. <laughs> right. What can I say?
2: You never so. know. All it takes is yeah, one. Yeah, no, that's true.
1: That's mm-hmm. true. I still have my old comics. There I you go. Have them all. Hey,
2: they may oh, be worth yeah. something.
1: Some of them are. Some of them are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But don't get me started on that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyways, no, I really appreciate you uh, you coming in to talk. And, um, you know, maybe sometime in the near future, we can set up another another time to talk. I get the feeling that there's a lot of areas and things that we didn't, we didn't talk about, and you know? Um,
2: yeah, that'd be great.
1: So, yeah, yeah. I would like, I would like that very much. And um, okay. So for everyone, uh, my usual wrap up, which is that um, neither of us are doctors, although Tina is a medical professional But none of this is to be seen as medical advice. If you're having any kind of an issue, please go and see your own medical support doctors, whoever happens to be hospital, whatever is appropriate for what you need. And with that, I will say what I usually do, which is that I will be seeing everybody next week. And thank you, Tina, one more time for having come on the podcast.